Hey, this is Cody. And Kevin. And Franklin. Thanks for joining us on the Conversations on Jesus podcast. Pull up a chair and hang out as we talk about who Jesus is and what that means for our lives. Hello and welcome to the Conversations on Jesus podcast. Thanks for joining us. I'm Kevin and as always I'm here with Franklin and Cody. What's up guys? How you doing? No, I'm doing great. How are you, Kev? I'm good. Good. Cody, how are you? I'm doing great. That's awesome. Yeah. So we are in uh, continuing our series through the Gospel of Matthew, last episode. If you're following along, we wrapped up uh, verse 17 in chapter 9. And so naturally, we're going to pick up in verse 18 and try to make it through the end of the chapter uh, in Matthew 9. Um, So in this section, guys, we have uh, Jesus healing a girl who was dead. But on his way, um, somebody, a woman comes up to him and needs healing at that same time. So it says that a synagogue leader came before Jesus, knelt before him actually, which I thought was kind of interesting. He's been having problems with synagogue leaders and Pharisees and Sadducees and, and people doing their thing. And this one, so we had a Roman centurion earlier. We've had, uh, which is a Gentile, we've had conversations or interactions with Jewish leaders. And here we have another one. But this time the synagogue leader is kneeling before Jesus and says in verse 18, my daughter has just died, but come and put your hand on her and she will live. And then it says that Jesus got up and went with him and so did his disciples. When I uh, read that, it made me think of, well, the Roman centurion who said, my servant is sick, but I know that um, you can make him well. And this is kind of the similar thing. The synagogue leader is like, I know you can bring her back just hoping that he would do it. Yeah, just just based on faith. Right, 100%. Yep. Not, yeah. yeah, not necessarily on anything else other than I'm going to have faith in Jesus and he's going to do this. Right. Yep. Right. So so then they take off and they're on the way to uh, heal this dead girl. And it says in verse 20 that a woman who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years came up behind him and touched the the edge of his cloak and thinking to herself if I only touch his cloak, I'll be healed. And then um, Jesus turns around and sees her and says, take heart, daughter, your faith has healed you. And the woman was healed at that moment, which is, so it's another healing story in the gospel of Matthew, but it's a little bit different than any other, any of the other ones that we've seen this time. It's not, she doesn't come up and talk to Jesus first. She doesn't ask him to heal her. She just says, I know that if I touch his cloak, I'm going to be all right. Right. Yeah, just the faith and, um, like, some people just radiate energy. And I feel like Jesus is one of those people that just radiated. Yeah, am I saying that right? Radiated? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. radiated energy, you know. Um, uh, Just that vibe to him or just a feeling, like, in his presence that, um, you know, that he's a godly person, you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, so it was, like, one of those things where, she probably would have been an outcast, right? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, definitely. So yeah. then, and it says she she said to herself, and so like my line of questioning was like, uh, was she afraid to approach Jesus and say, "Hey, Jesus, right, will you heal me?" It was the mindset of, "Ooh, if I just touch it, I know I know I'll be healed." Yeah, thinking that, and then she goes and touches it, and she's healed because it says she thought to herself, and so it's like just thinking, "Oh, I'll touch it." made me wonder like, Oh, is it because, you know, she was afraid or would have been ashamed if she would have asked Jesus out loud Mm -hmm. and go ahead. I mean, given the, the 
time that we're in, um, we know that women were not saw upon the same or equally as men. Mm -hmm. So the fact, A, that we have that and then that she's bleeding for 12 years and knowing that um, witchcraft could have been present or Mm -hmm. so they probably could have just exiled her completely and just walking and maybe stumbling upon Jesus or just Mm -hmm. hearing that he was going to be in the vicinity and came across him. Yeah. I, I think that might be the situation too. Yeah. yeah. In Mark, it says he expands on it a little bit where um, it says that many doctors had tried to heal her over that 12 year period and she couldn't get relief for it. Yeah. So she had been going to doctor after doctor trying to get help and none of them could clear it up. Gotcha. Wow. Yep. So, so it seems like, so I thought of what Cody had said earlier that what what drove her just to touch his cloak instead of talking to her so is is she more faithful than somebody who talks to jesus is somebody who talks to jesus more faithful than one that might be too scared to talk to him or is she just on her last nerve and doesn't know what to do and is hoping that this will heal her so i i don't want to grade what takes more faith to talk to him or i mean because they're both believing foundationally the same thing that jesus can heal him and some people talked to him and this woman didn't. But the the result was Jesus said, your faith has healed you. So whatever her faith was, was the type of faith that brought healing about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think the way in Jesus in which Jesus healed her uh, speaks to who he was. Right. And so like, we don't know if uh, everyone in the city knew what was wrong with her. Right. We know that the doctor, doctors probably, probably did and whatnot, but, uh, all Jesus said, well, not all, but Jesus said, take heart, daughter, your faith has made you well. Yeah. Like he didn't humiliate her no, saying, right. you, you know, you've bled for 12 years, but you're healed now. Look at these issues. You're healed. He was like, nope, by faith, you're healed. So it was like in humility and keeping that like, because I mean, it, it, even though she was healed, if he would have said, hey, look at her. Now she's healed. Right. Eh, she's probably still going to get ridiculed. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Even if she is healed, like Jesus didn't have to, he didn't, and he didn't have to put that out for everyone to know what she was healed from. Right. Just that she's healed. Mm-hmm. And how was she healed? By her faith. Yeah. 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 So then they show up at the synagogue leader's house in, in verse 23, and it says, uh, and they saw the noisy crowd and the people playing pipes because the girl had had died. But Jesus says, he tells them to go away. The girl is not dead, but asleep. And the natural reaction probably from the people is that they laugh at him because it doesn't take a genius to figure out if somebody is dead or alive. And they know obviously that she's dead, but Jesus says that she's asleep, which leads us to, even if we don't know the rest of the story, if you don't know what's coming next, you know that something weird is about to happen because why did, why wouldn't he just say that she's dead? Like why say she's asleep? Well, and like it made me even question, like, why did Jesus have everyone go outside? Mm-hmm. Like, I know, you know, based on the the rest of the preceding chapters, mm-hmm. Jesus frequently would heal and then say, "Don't go and tell people." Yeah, that's right. And so, it made me wonder, like, okay, is this just another example of that? Was it out of respect for the daughter, for the family? Was it because they were laughing and ridiculing? Like, yeah. wonder why Jesus like everyone go go outside? Right. <laughs> do I right. I got to do my work? So leave. Or was it one of the other reasons? I don't know. Didn't he do the similar thing with Peter's mother-in-law? Did he tell people to get out when he healed her? I think leave the room. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, yeah, I, th- yeah. I thought so too. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, I mean, it goes back to that. Like I was saying, you know, 
Jesus frequently said, yeah, you're healed. Right. Now don't go and tell it. Exactly. Like, yeah. don't go spread the word. Right. Yeah. And so it was like, it just brought that up for me. Like, right. Hmm, I wonder, I wonder why. Right. You would think if it was, if it was the evangelistic tool for people to know of all the people that Jesus healed or to watch him heal somebody that he would have him in. So it makes me think, well, that act is not so important that Jesus can't say leave. Like you don't have to watch this, which is, it makes me feel okay because I didn't see that. I mean, I can read about it now, but I wasn't in the room. I'm not there. I can't watch that. And those people weren't there either. They were told to bounce. And so they had to take off and he heals her and now they have to go based on the testimony of the woman or the girl or whatever. Right. It makes me think of the idea of like, it's less about uh, necessarily how like physically it's done, Mm -hmm. but that the faith is there that it was done. Right. And Jesus reiterating that here with this example of like, go outside. Right. Like he knows, okay, she's going to come back to life, Mm -hmm. but they don't need to sit here and watch me. Okay. You're back to life. Right. They need to know, okay, she wasn't alive. I said she was sleeping and now she's alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. In Matthew nine twenty six, news of this spread throughout the whole region, <laughs> even though the people were outside the room. I was going to say, yeah. Shocker. It still happened. <laughs> right. Right. And that's, I, like you guys are saying, it's the, the faith, the testimony, like that she was dead and now she's alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. And again, when you compare this story to how Mark tells it, Mark almost, it's not like he adds suspense, but the story is more suspenseful with Mark. In in that gospel, the synagogue leader comes to Jesus and says, my daughter is dying, hurry, come heal her. And so the, the interaction with the sick woman is, and when you're reading it, you're almost like, oh no, like you got to quit holding him up. He's going to go heal somebody. You can't be messing with him. And then he heals the, then the woman touches the cloak, all that same, all that stuff is exactly the same. And then someone connected to the synagogue ruler comes up to him and Jesus and says, you might as well tell him to leave because she's already died. It's too late. And we don't get that in Matthew. We just get, she's dead. Can you come heal her? Right. But it's not that the stories are different. It's just, there's that little detail in Mark where you're reading it and you're like, oh man, this woman now has ruined it. Mm -hmm. But then you get to the end of the same story in Mark and you go, okay, no, he's still able to do what he's going to do there. Yeah. He knows what he's doing. Right. Isn't Mark a more suspenseful author throughout though as well? Well, that's what's interesting. I always have it in my head that Mark is more fast paced. Like if there was going to be details that we don't find, it, we're not going to find them in Mark. But often we do. So I might have to read. I might have to. Re, I I sometimes read through the Gospels in one sitting. Like I'll pick one and just read it through, just to get a good feel of how the story goes. So I might need to do that again with Mark to see if I'm missing something. Because Mark is always saying like immediately Jesus went and did this, and then immediately <laughs> they were there. And there's a, there's an urgency about Mark and his writing. That's the best way to put it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's got an urgency about him. But there's details in there that obviously we didn't get with Matthew. Uh, so when when did Mark write his gospel? Like how long after Jesus died? That's the million dollar question. It's not for certain. Well. people, there are different schools of thought. Some people think it was the earliest gospel and others don't. Gotcha. So generally you would say that the gospels were written anywhere between 50 to 90 AD and all four of them would fit in that time period. It's just how they fit, they fit makes a difference. No, the reason I ask is like if, you know, Mark was, I mean, it would make sense if he was one of the first or the first gospel. Yeah. It's, 
oh, I got to hurry up and like, yeah. okay, this stuff has all happened. Yeah. I got to document it. Mm-hmm. And there might be some details that I miss, but yeah. for the most part, here's what happened. Right. So I, yeah, that's the only reason I ask. Yeah. You guys think it could have been documented as it was going on? Um, so I think it was that mm-hmm. that's how it happened. So yeah. the, um, the tradition says that Mark, so we'll find out when we get to chapter 10, when he lists the 12 disciples, Mark is not in that group. So, and neither is Luke, but Mark traditionally it's held that Mark knew Peter and, and Peter was, they were kind of, they were friends. And so when you read Mark's gospel, people will often say, this is Peter's account of the story of Jesus. And so was it recorded as it was happening? Yes and no. Peter was there and he's remembering all these things. So when he gets with Mark and they're trying to put this Jesus story together, Mark is getting it firsthand from Peter and saying, what'd you see? Well, I saw this and then we went here and then he did this. Similarly to Luke, but Luke doesn't have one disciple that he's talking to. Luke investigates he goes through different towns and talks to different people and meets eyewitnesses and he's like let's get the the full scope the big picture and then document it where mark is like all right let's go we gotta write (laughs) right we gotta get this down on paper so we can get it out right yeah and and naturally luke is a longer gospel and it would make sense he's talking to more people he's got more stories in there and and why he follows it up with x Mm -hmm. exactly yeah it just it's a continuation like I mean, you spoke on Sundays. Yeah. Yeah. So then Jesus goes and, and heals two blind men. He, it says he warned them sternly. Yeah. And it's like, again, another emphasis on that idea of, mm-hmm. he says, see that no one knows about it. And he, and he sternly warned them. Yeah. Like thinking about like what that looks like or you know what I mean? Like Jesus is like, don't tell people like there's an emphasis or, you know what I mean? And like, again, just reiterating that, you know, Jesus wasn't, Hey, go share all this word, or all these healings that I've done and bring glory to me because of it. Right. It's like, you're healed, now go. Right. Like, don't tell, just do it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, because, so in, well, in John's gospel, you get to the point, or no, in Matthew, we talked about the pigs, and and the whole town came out, and they begged him to leave. You have other stories where a town, I think it's in the gospel of John, where the whole town comes out and rushes at Jesus, and it says he almost falls off the cliff because so many people are coming at him. Like, some of it is just life-preserving I have other things to do. Right. Like I can't deal with 3,000 people coming out and trying <laughs> to get to me right now. Yeah. But it, it often doesn't work out, you know. Right. Well, and another thing is like Jesus never says because you have so much faith or because he doesn't quantify the amount of faith with yeah, any that's of right. these examples. Right. It's not, oh, you have X amount, you have Y amount, you have mm-hmm. some, you don't have any. It's you have any any faith. Right. Just you have faith. You have period. faith. Period. And, and you know what I mean? Like, I thought that was cool. Yeah. Is that it's it's never a quantified how much. Right. And because that's not how faith works. Right. It's not a, oh, well, Kevin, you got a lot of faith. Right. And I don't. It's, do you have faith? Yes or no? And that's the conversation. Right. Yeah. I thought, yeah. So it's just one of those things that, again, this is uh, another example of that where Jesus says, do you believe that I'm able to do this? Mm-hmm. And then according to your faith. Right be it done to you. And we talked about that a few episodes ago where it was, well, what did they believe about him? And I don't know that we can say there's one particular thing. They believed something and whatever that was to your point was was enough. enough. Yeah. So then at 31, but they went out and spread the news. 
<laughs> and <laughs> everybody found out about it. And and so as they were going out, a man in verse 32 who was demon-possessed, couldn't talk, was brought to Jesus. And when the demon was driven out, the man who had been mute spoke. And the crowd was amazed and said that nothing like this has ever been done in Israel. But the Pharisees said, it's actually by the prince of demons that he drives out demons. So now we have not just the Pharisees saying, well, it's the Sabbath, you can't do this. Now they're saying, actually, it's because of the devil. Like, how are we going to discredit him? The Sabbath thing didn't work that well. He's still doing it. We'll call him the devil. Then. He, he's actually the devil. Yeah, that's right. He's actually the devil. <laughs> right. He, he couldn't be our Messiah. No. Yeah. He, he couldn't. Nope. He nope. couldn't be what he's saying he is. He's yeah. got to be the devil. Yeah. Like that. That's so crazy. Right. To think of, you know what I mean? Like, whew. Right. And they're going to say it again. Right. So then, which we won't, I guess we can hold off on what he responds to him (laughs) or we could talk about it. It doesn't matter. But this isn't the first, they're the only time that they'll say it's by the power of the devil. Shoot your shot. What you got? (laughs) Let's hear what you got. Hit me with it. So, so that part, you want to hear that part? Mm -hmm. Is that what you're saying? I think we've talked about it before. Well, in Matthew 12, it says, they said the same thing. It is only by Beelzebub, the prince of demons, that this fellow drives out demons. And Jesus says, look, okay. Let's go forward with your premise and see how this works out. If you think I'm the devil driving out demons, then the devil's kingdom can't stand anymore. How can the devil drive out devils? He's, and so he's using their own logic against them and saying, if you want to go with that, let's work it to the end and see how this thing fails. Yeah. It's like, I hear this. Yeah. Okay. Let me say it back to you so that you hear what you're saying. Right. And justify it. Right. Like, right. And it's funny because like it, you try using that like today and like, okay, this is what I heard. This is what I heard you say. Yeah. And it's like, it's that same idea of like, okay, let, let's clarify. Yeah. Yep. Just to be sure. I heard this. Is this what you meant? Right. Like just like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I, like really, you're going to call me the prince of demons. Right. That, that I'm, that I'm doing all this stuff by that. Right. Right. Well, okay. Let's play this out. Walk me through. Right. How does this actually work? Right. Those, those are like the the constructive conversations that are amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you can like see like the light bulb light up. Yeah. Eyes open when, light bulb. When someone on. say you're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Because in that section, he'll say, okay, if I'm doing it by the Prince of Demons, then who do your people cast them out by? And you can imagine them going. Uh, you, you, me. Yeah. Uh, and then he says, <laughs> but. If it is by the spirit of God that I'm doing this, then the kingdom of God has come upon you and you can't deny that anymore. So it's, right. it's like the thing he does with David. David said to his Lord, the Lord said to his Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool. And he goes, well, if David said that to his Lord, who is he talking about? And they go, I don't know what to, and he's doing the <laughs> well, same that's thing. That's a good question, Jesus. Yeah. Uh, can I get back with you on that one? Right, right. Okay, so the, the harvest is plentiful, labors are few laborers are few mm-hmm. for me it was like it's like a an account of jesus recognizing like there's so much brokenness mm-hmm. and need for for help and love that like he can't do it alone right like it's uh it made me think of like jesus the man saying like holy smokes like you said like in john where three thousand people coming to him yeah like as a man like that's overwhelming right and he's he is a man right and god you know what i mean and so it's like this part was like hmm Jesus sitting back like, man, there's a lot that needs done. There's a lot of brokenness 
and I can't do it alone. And he wants people to be involved with him. Mm-hmm. He, I mean, God could as easily have set it up where he does it differently and he doesn't need to include us in everything. He saves us or not saves us and it's, we're not involved in it at all, but that's not the way he's done it. Yeah. So you're, you're, I think you're exactly right on with that. And he doesn't say, so he says the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. I would, I think that, um, the way that I naturally think of it is the, the workers are many, but the harvest, like, where's the harvest? We're not seeing anything. We have preachers and and people out there in the world that are preaching the gospel and evangelizing. And we have missionaries all over. Why aren't more people believing? But Jesus actually says that they're out there. You just don't have enough people right now to bring them all in. Like you can't, you can't even harvest this field yet. You got to get more people signed up with the kingdom of God. How that's a weird way to say it, but buying into what I'm saying to get out there and bring this crop in or you're going to, you know, right. Well, and I mean, he says, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest, right. To send out laborers into the harvest. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And it's still evident today. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. We've talked about it before where, I mean, the, Oh, what was it? We talked about it. It was like the body is few or, um, maybe not. Okay. So <laughs> well, it reminds me of the, the gates narrow. Yes. That's, what that's you're the, yeah. I thought that's where, yeah, that's the pitch I was trying to hit right yeah. there. Um, where, um, the gates are narrow or the, the workers are few, but mm-hmm. there's a lot to be harvested. I mean, there's, mm-hmm. a, there's mm-hmm. a lot of people on this earth and unfortunately not all of them are Christ followers. And that's what the body of Christ is for right. is to build more Christ followers. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That was a good pitch. That was a strike <laughs> home run. Teed it up for him. It's all about framing. You gotta, you gotta frame the pitch right. inside the strike. <laughs> well, do you have anything? No. Sorry. That was, yeah. I, yeah. I think we talked about well, at least what I'm seeing right now. Maybe we'll come back to it later on. Yeah. I mean, that wraps up Matthew chapter nine. Yeah. Thank you um, for joining us. And we'd love to have you back again. Thank you.